Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, don't, don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight. Uh, sign up today, more or less, is the platform. Monkey Night Fight, our podcast sponsor of the podcast. Uh, most popular game there, obviously, is more or less. That's what I play, especially right now, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, extremely easy. Pick the players that you're going to basically perform really good on Super Bowl Sunday. You can also check out NBA, NHL, MMA, PGA, pretty much everything. So $5 free play. Go to Monkey Night Fight. Get a $5 on us, and you get started. Use the code NJF. To get started today. All right, Holly, let's get the Hall of Famer here in the house. Holly Custer's in the house. All right, Holly, let's get it done. Two hours today, and we are going to have a jam-packed uh, show. We got uh, Lois Cook in the house today, Coach Tammy Moore in the house, and in a couple minutes here, we're going to have the talented owner and coach of the Mississippi Panthers of the WNFC, and that's uh, Camry Veal. Pretty big show today uh, to kick it off. Hello. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you have uh, a lot going on, uh, you know, these uh, next couple hours here, but uh, it looks like some good guests that we can get to talk to, and I'm excited to get started. Yeah, and it's uh, Super Bowl preview week. Uh, We talked about Super Bowl last week a little bit. This is pretty much a breakdown week um, of the Super Bowl. So Rams, Bengals, this coming weekend on the 13th on Sunday, at SoFi in Los Angeles. Uh, there's pretty big excitement, Holly, previous to this. So uh, if you're at the hub, Bub, as Mark would say, you would have known everything that's going on in Los Angeles. Uh, NFL flag, Holly, 17 and under championship. That was pretty cool. It was also uh, broadcast on ESPN. So that was a, a lot of excitement there. Yeah, you know, the Pro Bowl was this last weekend, as you were talking about, and um, you know, there was a lot of events. They had uh, flag football, and that included both uh, some boys and some girls teams as well. Um, you know, and actually during the Pro Bowl, the announcers, you know, um, were talking about how everybody was really watching the girls play a lot, and uh, they were really impressed. And then I think they even said that Mahomes had stopped warming up to watch it, you know, so uh, so that's really exciting. And then, you know, uh, we also had, it uh, looks like the, um, quite a few people from the Las Vegas um, Solar Stars that were there, uh, as well as people like, um, people involved with the, with the Milk Ambassador uh, Program. So it seems like it was jam-packed and a really good exposure event for uh, women's uh, and girls' uh, football and flag football. And this is the future, I think, uh, NFL flag with Russell Wilson taking over it. Uh, it ha- really has been enhanced a lot when it was in the past couple of years. Uh, now we got, you know, NAIA collegiate 
as well that was played over in uh, in Georgia uh, at the uh, at the Atlanta Falcons facility as well. Um, so this is the I think this is going to be the new normal in terms of collegiate. I know varsity uh, girls uh, flag football is is kind of like you know brewing a, st- a storm across the country. Uh, we talked to Dion Lee before that. We talked to uh, Tony Fuller. Um, you know, obviously the Sour Sisters involved with the collegiate plus the, the high school trying to push that through. So uh, for women's tackle, Holly, this is a good sign because it, it, it gets all the girls interested in it and now an opportunity not just to play at the high school level but an opportunity to get scholarship. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, it, it, flag football is a bit more accessible uh, than contact, but at the same time it's kind of like, uh, the gateway sport, so to speak, where there's going to be people that just want to stick to flag, but you're also going to get people that get a taste for playing in flag, and then they, they want uh, to see what contact is about as well. So either way you look at it, it's good for the sport as a whole. You know, we've talked about it before. In the, in the men's side, there's a lot of variation to football. You have the NFL, but you also have uh, the Canadian Football League, you have various arena football leagues, you have, you know, maybe the X, uh, XFL comes back in some shape or form, and uh, then you have a whole lot of semi-pro leagues as well, So uh, and flag. So I think that, you know, the men's side has a lot of variation, and just like that, we're going to have a lot of variation, and any exposure on the women's side is good. I know that, uh, you know, with the fact that you can get college, uh, scholarships for flag is going to be a big deal, and you're already seeing the benefits of that. You're seeing, um, you know, we know that uh, the Girls League in Utah has been around for a minute. We know that the Vegas has had some programs, I believe. There's been programs, I think, in the Atlanta area, and then I think also, if I remember correctly, Indiana maybe, um, but also it's expanding. I know that Seattle, we're finally starting to get traction, and there's some local high school teams that are developing. Um, so, you know, I think people are starting to realize that flag has a lot of traction. And so hopefully that pays off in other areas of the sport as well. And I think the cost is less, um, the registration is less. You know, there's just a lot of benefits right. to it. But at the same time, uh, like you said, the skill sets are there for the basic skill sets, right, to, to bring somebody into tackle. Yes. Uh, especially a flag player that's been experienced for a, a long time. It's the transition may be a little bit, uh, you know, at the beginning probably an issue, but once they understand the basics, I think it's just more easier to transition into it. So um, also in Los Angeles, you guys, uh, you know, Jen, Wel- uh, uh, Dr. Jen Welker always has something going on. Uh, the girls' camps uh, with Joy Taylor this past uh, week or so, now uh, a day in the life. It's going to be over at the Rose Bowl. So if you guys haven't checked it out, go to the hub right there, get all the details. Tony Harris is going to be there, Adrian Smith, uh, Lois Cook, who will be here at 7.30 in about an hour and a half with us. Um, She's going to be previewing that and highlighting that as well. So uh, celebrity and guest coaches, including WNFC, Nenji Martin, uh, Dr. Jen Walter as well. Uh, So a lot of, uh, you know, female athletes going to be right there at the Rose Bowl uh, prior to this weekend's, obviously, Super Bowl. So uh, a lot of buzz. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I think I'm starting to, if you look at the big picture, I'm starting to see a a little bit of a pattern. And it's a smart pattern of having a lot of events tied to our sport 
in some way, form, or fashion around the, the big men's uh, event, so the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl. If you already know there's a, a bunch of people that are going to be there who already love this sport, why not take advantage of the crowd that's already there, the tension that's already there, and start exposing people to uh, our sport? So like the event that you were talking about is a, a perfect case in point. Like There's going to be a lot of good people involved, good representation for our sport, and uh, I'm excited to see uh, what happens after that. Now, if you guys want to go and you're in L.A., uh, nearby the Rose Bowl, downtown Los Angeles, in that area, uh, you can reserve tickets. It's for tomorrow. The event will be on the 9th. Uh, it will be uh, at footballisfemale.com. You get the uh, tickets right there, footballisfemale.com. And like I said, our uh, Lois Cook, Team Milk athletes, will be there, all Team Milk athletes from flag and from the tackle side, which is Lois Cook, and uh, from the D.C. Divas, and Adrian Smith, uh, uh, world wide receiver, Team USA, plus champion, multi-time champion with the Boston Renegades. So uh, pretty awesome. Uh, so if you get, get a chance to be down there, Head over to uh, the event there, and it's at footballisfemale.com. Get your tickets right there. You also get to see Dr. Jen Walter there as well. All right, um, Holly, before we get into Cameron uh, Cameron Mule and the Mississippi Panthers here, um, I don't know about you, but uh, is it blunder after blunder? Because what, Josh McCown? You're going to hire Josh McCown over Brian Flores or any other coordinator? I mean, I don't know. This, this, this NFL is just like stepping on themselves now. This is just ridiculous. Yeah, you know, um, it's kind of like this for me. It's like, look, like we all, anybody with common sense can see that there's a problem, right? And I think the challenge is how do we fix that problem? And for me, the only way we really fix that problem is one of two ways. You either get the owners to buy in or you get new owners eventually, right? So um, the ownership is not going to go away anytime soon, and even if one or two, you know, sell their teams or whatever, that's still not going to be quite enough uh, traction. So your best bet is to really try to reach the owners because I think what happens is coaching as a whole has been um, the type of industry that's about who you know not necessarily all the time what you know. And I think there's kind of this unwritten rule that if you've coached with somebody, that if you get a job somewhere, that you're going to contact your people, and if they get a job somewhere, they're going to contact their people. And and I think what happens, that also goes into the front office as well, and I think what happens is people tend to just bring on the people they already know, which is problematic in many ways, Right. So we have to figure out how do we get these people to look beyond their little pool that they've been fishing in and look in the bigger ocean um, because they're missing a whole bunch of talent. Um, How do we get them to look outside? And then how do we get them to also pull the trigger after they do look outside? So that's a really complicated, hard thing. It seems like it should be simple, you know, um, but I've learned over the years that sometimes, what seems simple to some people is a complicated problem, but you're right. I think hiring somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience at this level, when you have somebody like Flores available or other people of color that are really talented that are available, it's really frustrating. 
Um, it really you know, so... kind of annoys me because you would think <laughs> we do a draft for players, right? Don't you think right. it would be internally a draft for coordinators? Like, let's just put everybody's coordinator who's available, and you would have a natural diversity. There is no question because there are obviously black coaches and black coordinators and black everybody in terms of if you were talking just specifically black, you know, in, in general. Yeah. But there's also minorities and, yeah. and other aspects of it. But my point is just you're the Texans. You don't have a real good history here. You've you got a Watson issue, right? You've you got a, basically a front right. office crap. And you turn around and you're going to get Josh McNown, the head coaching job? It's like, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, I really felt like um, – I really felt like um, David Coley for the Texans last year. I don't think he got a, a fair opportunity. I really don't. And no, this no. is part of the problem that I've, I've talked to, you know, my wife a, a bunch about. <clears throat> and it's this thing of like, okay, look, I know we only have a couple minutes here, so I'm going to try to make this <laughs> as concise as possible. But basically, he was set up to fail, right? He was getting yeah. a job where Watson was a hot mess. They didn't have any talent available, and he got something out of Mills. So I really feel like he deserved a longer stay than one year when the bulk of the problems had nothing to do with them. I feel like that wasn't fair. Um, so that's my, my ending statement on that. But it's the case that's a really good um, example of not only are people not getting opportunities, but when they do, they're put in positions to fail, and then when they – quote unquote fail in somebody's eyes, the trigger to pull them out is way faster than uh, a lot of their white counterparts. This is a problem. I, I call that the Cleveland Browns effect. That's that's the syndrome. The Cleveland Browns effect. Right. How many how many coaches Cleveland had fired within like a five year span, right? Year after year after year. Oh, it's, yeah. You're not gonna build a program like that. It's just not gonna happen. And but my my thing is if we go back to the florist uh, you know, Brian Flores' point, in other words, if you take Brian, uh, Brian Flores' point right now, the NFL is proving it, even without a lawsuit. Yes. He, he brings it out. Now, you know, Houston's proving it. <laughs> it's like, yes. what? You're going to take a white guy with no NFL experience, no pedigree, not even high school or college, and you're going to give him the job? Right. What? Yeah. So then what do they do? It's, it's, what do they silly. do? They're like, oh, crap. Uh, Lovey Smith. You're a pal. Come on in, Lovey Smith. Right. You got the job. Yeah. <laughs> it was it's comical. Yeah, awesome. that was pretty. It was pretty weird. You know, I think Lovey Smith is a, seems to be a really nice guy. I just the the timing of it being kind of wonky, and that's the other thing that's really hard. You know, after the uh, lawsuit came out, now we don't really know would these uh, teams have made the same decisions. Um, if the lawsuit had never happened or not, we don't know. And that's going to be, I'm sure, part of the, his legal team is uh, they're going to try to say, oh, well, they're trying to hire people of color now because they're trying to, like, make it look better or whatever. And that's hard because that perception becomes reality. And if you're the NFL and your job, you want to protect the shield, so to speak, and you want to have this, um, you know, great reputation that you're trying to get to, you know, with diversity, you need to, to, to correct that quickly because it's really damaged at this point. All right. So we talked about earn it. I don't think McNown's earned it. I'm just saying right now because <laughs> there's a lot of coordinators in the at 32 teams. 
how many coordinators on offense and defense and special teams and uh no no i just that that i went just that's just screwed up that's all i'm saying that's like the word i can only bring out you know that is houston do better you know what i mean it's like my, don't be cleveland my one, do my, better my one last uh statement on it is somebody on sports radio brought this up but they thought it was an excellent point and it was basically saying how uh, media plays a factor, where if you yep. have a um, a white coordinator who's young, um, you, the, a lot of the media people, not all, some of them get it, some of them, like I think, um, understand, but some of them will use terms like, oh, man, he's like, he's like, you know, a genius, or like he's an offensive genius or defensive genius, and he's so smart, and blah, blah, blah. And then when they talk to uh, talk about people of color who are in the same roles, they don't usually use those adjectives the same way. And so that's a problem. So it's not just the NFL. It's basically around the whole sport of mm-hmm. changing the mentality that, and you know, basically it's all the minorities, but especially um, black people, especially in football, it's been, you know, quote, unquote, they weren't smart, smart enough to play center or play safety or play middle linebacker, or play quarterback. And so that goalpost keeps moving. And every time, all these people are proving them wrong, and it just it has to feel, you know, if you're Brian Flores, or people that are uh, coordinators or really talented, and you know you have the qualification, it has to be just maddening to feel like, hey, like I'm here, like I'm doing all these things, and and it should be paying off, and it's not paying off the way it should be. And I just, I don't think it's fair. I really hope one day we get to the point where, you know, it, it is more uh, even and it's not as much of a topic because we're talking about how talented everybody is that's involved rather than having to be like, oh, look, there's only one person of color in 32 teams. That's just not good enough. It's just not. Um, and that's not so reality, I, I, I could, Holly. You and I yeah. know that that's not reality. You know what I mean? You know that's yeah. not reality. You know what no, I mean? No, it, no, it's, one they, thing, it's one thing if it was reality, but it's not reality. There is enough talent no. pool coming from college and everywhere else that you can't create a draft yes. pool from coordinators. You know what I mean? And even if you created the yeah. draft pool from coordinators, you would still get a diverse group, whether it be Asians or yeah. whether it be uh, Hispanics, right, mixed in with obviously the uh, black coaches Everybody. and stuff like that. But yeah. The bottom line is they're not going about it the right way. That's what we're saying. So Houston, do no. better. Uh, I mean, that was just yes. uh, laughable. And proving Brian's yes. point even more, which is ridiculous. All right, let's go into the monkey knife huddle. We're going to be talking to the talented of the Mississippi Panthers, uh, co-owner and coach, and that's Cameron Mueller here in a bit. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, Coach Veal, welcome to the Gridiron Blitz alongside the Hall of Famer Holly Custis, Oscar Lopez. Uh, I just wanted to bring you on because what a season 2021 for your Panthers. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was a good season. It was pretty interesting. Interesting. I mean, you made it, you made it very, very interesting. You had a lot of pieces, uh, good run towards the end, 
uh, can you speak mm-hmm. to about the roster and how that evolved and how you got to that, you know, to the playoff state? Yeah, well, our team is a very talented team. We've got a lot of savvy veterans on it. And um, that, that beginning, I always tell people, the beginning of the season, what could go wrong did go wrong, uh, copying Stephen A. Smith for a minute. And it just was bad. You know, we lost a savvy veteran on, like, the first play, first drive of offense. Mm-hmm. She was one of our best wide receivers, DBs. We had a lot of injuries, a lot of bangles in those first two games. And uh, it was really just a wake-up call to a lot of my rookie players, a lot of people who haven't played. And uh, we needed those three weeks off. It was kind of a blessing to get those three weeks off, and we changed a lot. We adjusted a lot. And, again, like I said, we've got one of, you know, the best players in women's football in Regina Jackson. She carried a lot of that weight and um, put a lot of stuff on our shoulders to where we could really just reposition ourselves. My coach made an excellent change in offense. Defensive coordinators made an excellent change in how we played defense and really just not giving up a lot. And uh, we got to avenge both of those losses that we suffered in those first two games and put ourselves in that playoff position. So I was excited about it. It, it turned out much better than I expected. Now, Powder Blue Power out there in Mississippi right now, uh, what does 2022 look like for in terms of the roster for this upcoming season right now? 2022 is looking very promising. We've got a great turnaround. Uh, we we really didn't lose a lot of players. You know, some players called it quits. They've been playing for about 10, 15 years. We lost a lot of players just due to retirement. Some people, you know, move the, the common things that you, uh, you know, lose players over. Um, so 2022 is definitely looking promising. We've recruited a lot of new talent added a lot of new pieces to the team to where we definitely feel will impact the season, will um, contribute to the season in a positive way, and we can build on that playoff run that we did last time and hopefully uh, get back to where we were, chasing that nine cup and, you know, eventually making it to that championship game in Texas. Coach Veal, uh, photogenic is your branding from the beginning since you introduced yourselves to the WNFC. <laughs> You've been one of the – premier teams on social media that looks very crisp. Uh, the messaging is very we'll simple, but very, very impactful. Um, so is that you? Is it your, you know, uh, your ownership or, you know, how does that, how does that transition for you guys? I, I'm going to be honest with you, Oscar, man, I've got the best team anybody could ask for because I just have an idea and they make everything come to life. I got to give my social media and my marketing all of that credit to my marketing manager, Brooke Williams. She is amazing. So she's been my best friend now. It's 2022, so I'll say, uh, shoot, man, 12 years. She's been my absolute wow. best friend, and she does everything for me. She does everything for me out of the kindness of her heart, and we stay up hours sometimes planning this stuff out. And she, she's a stickler. She's very – she's a perfectionist. So if anything is weird, she's going to be like, nope, we're not posting it. Nope, that's not happening. And sometimes I get a little annoyed, like, look – just post the picture, but she's, you know, she's the reason why we are represented so well, so i got to give the credit to her. Uh, like I said, man, I just have an awesome team. I've got an awesome team around me, and they, they help me a lot. Coach Veal, uh, WNFC making the jump to be a co-owner, not just a coach, um, the branding, uh, things that were obviously introduced to you in terms of coming on board. Uh, there's a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of demand, uh, not everybody or every franchise in the WNFC has survived since its initial inception. So uh, what makes you different? Well, I came in as an owner. That's what's crazy. I came in as an owner. Me and uh, Stephen Jackson actually started the team. 
And uh, he called me up and was like, hey, man, I, you know, you want to run this team with me? We were actually going to play a charity flag football game for women. And uh, it was for prostate cancer awareness, and we just turned that into the Panthers, as you know it now. And I didn't want to have anything to do with coaching. I was like, I really don't want to coach. Honestly, I don't know a whole lot about it, you know. So I just want to kind of work in the in the shadows and get everything done. So the business end is more so my forte. The coaching is what I'm brand new to. And, again, I have an amazing team around me, amazing coaches who can coordinate stuff. They've taught me so much about football in these three years that I never knew. So all of my coaching kudos, all of my coaching credits, if any, goes to those guys. I don't take any credit for the coaching. My head coach, Anthony Dunn, but Steven Jackson, uh, Michael Gatewood, Justin Bell, Tevin Evans, Anthony Dunn Jr., like those guys are amazing. Deion Watkins, they really are the ones who are pulling the strings on that coaching tip, uh, making everything happen. So, yeah, like I said, I came in as an owner, so that part was easy for me. It was the coaching that was a shakeup for me. So, yeah, that's what's crazy. Are we chasing Odessa Jenkins and the Texas Elite Spartans seriously in Mississippi in 2022? Of course. If, I mean, there's no other goal than to be the best. If you're not trying to win the game, as Hermit would say, what's the point of playing it? We're trying to be the best. There's no mystery about that. I'm pretty sure everybody signs up. I'm pretty sure every woman puts on the helmet and the shoulder pads to be the best. Uh, and that's why we play. You know, Mississippi is not here just to participate. We're here to be the best. We're here to make sure our, our brand is, you know, recognizable. Uh, as part of, one, in my opinion, the premier uh, women's football league in America, we want to be represented as that. We want to be seen as the premier team to be and the premier team to beat, I should say. So, you know, a lot of people kind of overlook Mississippi because it's Mississippi and the history of Mississippi, but it's a football state. If anything else, Mississippi knows football, and they're absolutely infatuated with football. From Pee Wee to you can have dogs playing cats and you'll get a packed stadium because it's football. And it's kind of like religion here. So, you know, we know football if we don't know anything else. So, yeah, definitely. We're definitely take, uh, chasing Texas. They're an amazing team, an amazing organization. Odessa, she's been nothing but an inspiration to me, been one of the biggest helps and the biggest con- uh, contributors to my success. She's helped me a lot, pulled a lot of strings for me, showed me some in and out. So I owe a lot to the WNFC, to their staff, to the Texas Elite Spartan staff. And it's, yeah, but like I said, there's no mistake about it that we're trying to be the best. Coach, um, the branding, you're a big uh, Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers fan. Is that where it comes from? Yes, I'm from Carolina. So everything that I do is Carolina Panther oriented. Uh, now, when I got with the team initially, initially, we were going to kind of sort of, you know, stick to their crap. I was like, no, let's change it up a little bit. Let's make it a little softer. That's why we went with the powder blues and things of that nature. But, yeah, Carolina, man, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan until I die. Nothing can change my mind. I've got keep pounding tattooed on me. So, you know, being from Carolina is different for me. Uh, you know, I just I just happen to live in Mississippi now. But, yeah, I love Carolina Panthers, man. That's That, that pretty much – the Panthers – the name Panthers did not come from me, but Steven actually named the team the Panthers, and that's what sold me. When he told me the name of the team was the Panthers, I was like, I'm all in, because I was skeptical at first. But when he told me he was naming them the Panthers, he got me. That's what actually sold me on the team. That's so awesome. Uh, let's bring in the Hall of Famer here to pick your brain as well. Okay, okay. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you doing, Miss Custis? Nice to meet you. A pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. 
Um, so first off, you know, you're talking about your, your team colors. I love the powder blue. Like, I think it's, you know, um, obviously, like, obviously, like, I, I like my Falcon stuff, too, but my favorite color is blue <laughs> right. in general. So any shade of blue makes me happy. But I just think it looks right, really right, right. good, especially with the helmets and everything. So hats off to that. Um, tell me about your, your quarterback, uh, Regina. You're welcome. Tell me about your quarterback, Regina Jackson, and what she means to your team. She means a lot more than she knows. I think that's one thing that's crazy. I think Regina is one of those characters that you just have to meet. You just have to meet her. She's just one of those people. Not to steal her cliche, she always calls herself different, but she is different. She's one of those women who she doesn't do a lot of talking. She doesn't do a lot of bragging or anything like that on the field. She just likes to show it. She's very confident in herself. She will post herself on social media to make you think, oh, man, she's arrogant. She's this, she's this. She's just very much so – she knows the work that she's putting in that people don't see. And um, right. she's a pivotal piece to this organization. And the amount of success that I wish for that woman is ridiculous. On and off the football field, I wish Regina the highest level of success because I see the potential in her. I see what she can right. bring to an organization, not just as a player, just as a, in, right. you know, a motivational, independent woman, period. So, yeah, Regina is, is one of the cornerstones of this team. Oh, definitely. Uh, what uh, NFL quarterback would you compare her to? NFL quarterback, NFL quarterback. That's a good question. In her development, I wouldn't – I don't know. That's kind of hard. That's kind of hard. She played a lot like Dak last year, in my opinion, because the first right. year she was more so, you know – I would say I could give her a Cam Newton comparison. Uh, But to me, she played a lot more like Dak last year. She would actually try to, you know, point things out, read it out, let the play develop a little bit longer before she made a decision. The first year, you know, we kind of threw her back there. We kind of were working some things out. She started off as a running back. So, like I said, she reminded me a lot more of Cam that first year. So, I would say Dak Prescott is a a pretty accurate description as of right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fair description. I got to play uh, in the all-pro game, and let me tell you, since uh, we weren't allowed to blitz, I w- it was driving me crazy not to be able to go right. after her because I was like, ah, I, was like, right. I just want to, um, right. you know, because she's that kind of player that you want to try to chase down because she's so talented. And I'm like, oh, man, I, not, I can't blitz, and now she's just going to get around the edge, yeah. and there she goes. Yeah, that's weird. So, that's um, weird that you can't blitz. I, I didn't know y'all couldn't blitz. Yeah. That was weird. Oh, but I, not I get in the, it. I get not it. in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, one of those things it. that, you know, like we're talking about the Pro Bowl and the NFL, like there's weird rules where you're like the tackling's yeah. not quite as there. And so, but, yeah, right. I, I, that was my first interaction with her in person. And I told her after, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I wish I could have, like, actually gone after you the way I wanted to. Because she's so good right. that you want to be able to, to take that challenge on. So I was impressed by her, right, and exactly. I, I hope that uh, she has a really good season. Um, you were also talking about Mississippi. Uh, how has the state received your team? They've actually received it very well. Like I said, it was – you got – with the first season you had your, you know, your normal taboo-minded people or your normal small-minded people thinking about it. Oh, is it lingerie? Right. Is it this? Is it that? You know. The the common thing that every I'm sure every W uh, WNFC whatever WNFC WFA any football team owner uh, 
what women's football has encountered. But other than that, once we actually put the product on the field, they've gotten behind it immensely. Uh, it's growing so fast that I'm kind of like maybe I did too much too quick because I'm putting too much on my plate. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, our, our games are pretty much packed every time we have one because explaining the Oscar is football. And football in Mississippi right. is a, a winning formula. You know, it's not the biggest um, – of course, it's not the biggest, like, tours attraction state or anything like that, but we don't compete with anything else. We don't have to worry right. about, you know, superstars right. being here or having an NFL team up the street that might be doing something that's going to take away from your crowd. When we play, it's, it's time to go see the Panthers play, and it packs out a crowd. So I'm very privileged, right. and I'm very excited and happy and honored to um, how we are being received as of right now in the league, and well, in the state, I should say. That's awesome to hear. Um, what was something about this sport so far that surprised you? Just the pure will, I guess. I used to come from a boxing and kickboxing background, and I always told people that I, my favorite students were, I used to teach it for about 13 years, and my favorite students were always women because they were always attentive, they didn't come in with the macho BS. They pretty much knew exactly what, you know, they knew that they were there to learn, and that translated like nothing on the football field. It's the exact same thing, but they play so right. hard. So that's that's what about the sport that shocked me the most, you know, seeing women like yourself lay out women and hit women and these big powerful hits and offensive plays for 80-plus yards. That's what really shocked me my first season when I really got to see it, right. and I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is legitimate football, football, you know, because like I said, I really wasn't into that world at the time. I was just kind of sort of in my own little lane. But what's grabbed me mostly about the sport is just the intent that every woman does whatever they do, whether it be media, whether it be marketing, whether it be anything. The intent that you ladies do everything that you do is just inspiring, I'm pretty sure, to everybody. Awesome. That's just really cool to hear as well. Um what was the funniest moment of the year last year? Because I know there's funny moments for every team. Let me think. Funniest moment. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. It was hilarious afterwards. It was not really that funny at the game. But we always mess with our kicker, Robin, because she kind of plays in her head a lot. So we were playing Texas in the championship game. And they snapped her the ball, and she tried to kick it and dropped it and picked it up and, like, threw it over her head and dropped it again. And when I watched the <laughs> whole film, I'm like, there's nobody but Robin. It's so funny because I could just hear, like, those Comedy Central kind of, you know, gag reel music playing in the background, kind of like American Funniest right. Videos or something like that. To me, that was the funniest moment. It wasn't funny, funny at the <laughs> moment at all. But now, you know, right. yeah, it's pretty funny. It was pretty hilarious to look, at it, to look back Girl. at it, you know, have time to unwind from it. Yeah, there's always moments I feel that, like, throughout the season where you're like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. But then you watch the film and you're like, oh, my God, what were we doing? Um, yeah, so right. I get it. I get it. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, uh, my final question for you is, who's your pick in the Super Bowl? I'm going with the Rams. The only reason why I'm going with the Rams is because I would like to see the Bills win Phil. But I'm so going good. with the <laughs> I'm going with the Rams for a couple reasons. I'm not a Rams or Bengals fan. I first off like the fact that something different happened. I don't care who wins, it's something different. Uh, you know, that 
Aaron Donald is my favorite player. That's number one. Um, I feel the guys who are in the Super Bowl won't have as many other chances as Joe Burrow might have again. He's so young. Right. They, they're pretty much guaranteed to at least get back somewhere close there or something in the next coming years. For people like Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, this might be the last chance they get. And, of course, the running back Cam Akers is from Mississippi. He grew up and played maybe 10 minutes from where I live in Clinton, Mississippi. So, you know, of course I'm rooting for the hometown guy. And, um, yeah, right. I'm so I'm definitely going right. for the Rams just for that. I would like to see a lot of those guys who are ringless finish their seat, finish their careers with at least one. And I feel Joe Burrow will definitely be able to take the Bengals back to one at least in his career. Right. That's a good call. That's a good call. Mm. Well, I'm going to pass you back over to Oscar. I wish you guys the best okay. of luck. Uh, hope to eventually meet you in it. person. I appreciate it. You guys and... will. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Coach. I'll... No problem. No problem. All right, Coach. I already, I already appreciate the, the love for the Rams, so that's awesome. <laughs> 99 all day, right, baby. Right. And Sam all day. That's all I got to say guy. on Sunday. That's, that's my guy. It's going to be good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's good. Um, and the fact that you guys have gotten so deep in the playoffs, uh, last season, um, coach, do you attribute the, the transition at the late season? Like you, like you're mentioning the fact that you guys somewhat came together and, and the Spartans are a different animal, but the opportunity was there for you guys to compete and kind of get to see them live in a way where you got, you got game film now to kind of look at, uh, with Bushman, with, uh, you know, everybody destiny with, uh, you know, green and everybody else. So there's opportunities obviously for this season because you know what they're all about, like you said before, but now it's sort of like the next level. So uh, on the social media posts that we keep tabs on, and most people think we're always, you know, (laughs) just stalking everybody. um, You have this global partnership initiative and you started to, Mm -hmm. you started with a wave of Aussies. And so when I saw all the names, I'm like, uh, Coach Veal's really hunting, drafting internationally. Wow. <laughs> and so, uh, and those girls right. are not, uh, they're, they're awesome on 999. They've played 999 for a long time. Right. So transitioning to 11, right. is that something that you guys are uh, kind of like looking into that as well, to bring them into the 11s realm? Yeah, we, um, I spoke with them about that, and they also have experience with the 11 on 11. They've been playing that for a long time as well. I believe one of them, Amanda House, and I believe she primarily plays 11 on 11 because even though they bo- they all live in Australia, I think they stay about 13 hours away from each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I think four of them live in Sydney and Amanda stays in Brisbane. I, I might be butchering that, but I think I'm correct on that. So, yeah, the 11 on 11 experience is definitely there. That was one of the um, things we spoke about, and, you know, so they definitely have experience going both. So, you know. It's definitely going to be something that they're used to. Uh, it was something that was definitely addressed, and we spoke about it at length. So I'm confident that they'll be able to transition with no problems. Yeah, and, uh, Amanda and Renee uh, also um, silos on our uh, our branding, our apparel branding. So uh, you're going to get some outstanding athletes right, right there, and they're hard nosed and they okay. compete really hard. Right. So uh, you know, shout out to mm-hmm. Mississippi Panthers for uh, giving them the opportunity, you know, to come onto the journey. For the WNFC, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how you mold your team, Coach, uh, as you eye mm-hmm. the Texas Elite Spartans for the goal of the Nine Cup Championship. That's definitely the goal. We got to beat them to get there. <laughs> There's no other choice. 
So, Coach Bill, uh, what do you think of 2022 in terms of the Atlantic Conference? Uh, I know you see yourself there at the end, uh, but there's a lot of teams that have improved. Florida's improved in your realm, Alabama. Uh, you got the, you got uh, the Phoenix just adding some additions there as well. Uh, so the Atlantic's right. going to be different than last year. And then uh, we, mm-hmm. the, re, the rebrand of the, of the Philadelphia Phantoms, we have no idea what that's going to be like. Right, exactly. The Atlantic Conference to me has always been extremely tough, um, especially with the teams like Atlanta and Florida. Florida is really one of those sleeper teams. A lot of people don't really see what they're doing, but I did, especially when we played them. I'm like, okay, something is just something missing, and they'll pop. But I'm, you know, I'm definitely interested to see what they do next season. I really like their Florida organization with Todd and Rocky and um, uh, Paige. So I'm definitely excited about that to see what they do with it. Um, but yeah, the Atlantic Conference is is just tough regardless. Uh, so no matter how I really want to flip it or twist it, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a tough season for us. We got a lot of heavy hitters on our schedule this season. Uh, even Houston, you know, Houston is doing a lot, you know. I, I don't take anybody lightly. Um, I saw what they were doing in the sense of their re- rebuilding process. And, again, let's look at the Bengals. They were laughing stock last year. This year they're in the Super Bowl. And, you know, Houston has that potential to just flip everything. They're in Texas. Texas breeds athletes like crazy. Who knows? You know, things are different definitely with Houston. You can tell with their socials. You can tell with their content. So um, every team in the Atlantic right now is a team that I'm watching for. It's a team that I'm definitely – Keeping my eye on, of course, with Alabama's amazing season that they had last year, they're always a contender. Texas is Texas. They're going to always be Texas. Uh, Washington, of course, is a dominant team that a lot of people need need to watch for. I'm very interested in our matchup with Kansas City. Kansas City, to me, is just so technically sound. Their coaching staff is amazing. So, yeah, the Atlantic Conference is one of those conferences that, in my opinion, anybody could pull it off with the right set of circumstances. And, you know, and that's what, to me, just makes Texas even more just crazy because the fact that they can do things, how they do things, that was, that is what, to me, makes them different. And, um, like I said, we, we definitely know where we're playing. We definitely know who we're playing. We've studied all of our opponents this season down to a T. And uh, we want to definitely come into every game more ready, more prepared. We will come into every game more ready, more prepared, I should say. And, uh, yeah, we know exactly the competition that we're going to be going up against. Again, I'm getting a lot of veterans back uh, that I'm excited about. I'm definitely excited about showing our product for the 2022 season. And the rosters, uh, Coach, is it set in stone, or are we still doing tweaking here for the next month until we unveil the roster? Tweaking. Yeah, we're still doing tweaking. We're still doing tweaking here and there. You know, you got to, you know, real life hit some of these women, unfortunately. You know, nobody's a millionaire or getting paid a lot for this. So sometimes real life hits. You might lose a player here and there. But in the t- terms of us, we're we're really just adding. You know, we'll find somebody else who might want to play. So we're just tweaking, just tweaking and adding and adjusting a little bit to our schedule. I mean, to our roster until it's about that time to finalize everything. But, yeah, um, like I said, roster size is looking pretty sweet right now for me. And uh, so we just, we're just monitoring it. We're going to see what's too much, what's too little, and, you know, hopefully we – with the roster that we announce, with the roster that we produce, uh, it'll definitely turn some heads and it'll definitely, you know, get attention when the season starts. Coach, the uh, the scheduling, do you like the scheduling? Is that an ownership-type driven scheduling in terms of a group? Because uh, a lot of times, you know, you get to play so many teams more than once, 
but I think the schedule is pretty mm-hmm. fair. It's, it's uh, somewhat uh, in terms of cost. It keeps you local, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're able to mm-hmm. play more than once against a rival. So that create that rivalry for right. the fans you know, to, to take a, like an interstate rivalry, for example, yourself, Alabama, as, as an example. Right. Um, so I think uh, the WNC mm-hmm. has done a pretty good job for the upcoming season in terms of scheduling some, you know, some in, in-season rivalries, not waiting for the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I like our scheduling. I like my schedule a lot. Um, I'm one of the big proprietors of taking it to the next level and doing everything at the next level. So, you know, I understand that travel and things can get expensive, but I just truthfully believe so much in the organization and things that we play for to where the revenue and uh, sponsorships and donations. And just when that money comes in, I would love to do, like, interconference games, you know, uh, Mississippi versus Denver, Mississippi versus Utah. I would like to do everything like that. So the, the scheduling to me is perfect. I like the fact that we're going to Philly, you know, because, like I said, not only is this supposed to be just, you know, so the women can play football, it's to give them a chance to see different things. A lot of these women mm-hmm. haven't had the opportunity to see different things, go to different states, you know, be a part of this sisterhood that is women's football, and, you know, just be around different people, different cultures, different areas, and, you know, being able to give them that opportunity from this sport to me is amazing. So I like the scheduling. And like you said, how they position everything with you'll probably play the same person twice. It adds that rivalry aspect. Uh, it adds that, you know, that little tension. You won this time. Can you win again? Last season we had two back-to-back opponents with Atlanta and Alabama, and we both went one for one. So, you know, that always adds that rivalry aspect, you know. So, yeah, I definitely like it. I'm uh, I'm very excited about the schedule in this season, and I'm really interested in some of the matchups, not just my own. And I think the, the key to it is uh, the conference – you know, the actual playoffs are in two different uh, facilities and locations, and it really benefits not right. just the fans to show up there, but the players in terms of budgeting. They know where they're going to have to be at, whether right. it be in Atlanta or whether they're going to be in mm-hmm. Texas for the playoffs. So that's also a, a nice uh, goal that you have at the beginning of the season that right. you, know, you know what the cost is going to be when if you do arrive at that place. So yeah. it's really interesting uh, how that was dynamically done. It's done in soccer a lot for, like, you know, regional mm-hmm. tournaments. So I think it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. in terms of uh, funding. Also makes a lot of sense in terms of budgeting. Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it helps a lot. It helped us a lot in the sense of budgeting and travel because, you know, it's hard when you don't know where you have to go. And if you got to go across the country to play, that can, it can pretty much make you have to forfeit for some organizations who just aren't as fortunate to make those trips and things like that. So having them at those central centralized locations to where everybody knows you can just go ahead and book that date now. You don't even have to worry about it. Just go ahead and book your hotel rooms and things now, whether you make the playoffs or not. You know, just go ahead and book it. You know that this is going to be the champ. you know, the um, the tournament weekend. So go ahead and get a jump on those things like that. So from a ownership perspective, I love it. It gives me a lot of time and a lot of leverage to go ahead and get things done. So, yeah, man, I love that tournament format. Uh, in the sense of the centralized location. All right, uh, Coach, before we let you go here, you're going to be on Vire, okay. one of the top teams in 2022 in terms of our scope. Uh, so we're wishing you very, right. very good luck in the 2022 season. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, there's not much we can say, but uh, Regina Jackson is just uh, just uh, amazing. <laughs> so, uh, you know, shout out to her for right. an awesome season. Shout out to the front and offensive line as well. 
and shout out to your uh, defensive mm-hmm. uh, doubts last season as well. So upgrading in 2022, uh, we are just uh, giddy in anticipation of what we're going to see week one from the Panthers. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on, man. This was fun. I was excited when you wrote me. You know, I, I, I've been following you all a while since I got into women's football. So it's a privilege, it's a privilege and an honor to be on, you know, Whenever you want me back, just let me know. I'll definitely jump on. This was fun. Oh, Coach, it's, uh, it's my honor. Like anything else, uh, you guys are awesome. You guys are a great team. We, can, we need to spotlight individuals like yourself, plus the cast that obviously supports your branding. So shout out to the Mississippi uh, Panthers. It. 2022, watch out, WNFC Atlantic Division. Thank you. Have a great night, Coach. Appreciate it. We'll be uh, chatting you soon. Too. Yes, sir. You take it easy. All right. Uh, Holly, um, I had to bring him on. Coach uh, Veal, just uh, what an amazing season last 2021, Mississippi, and going up against uh, the Spartans towards the end there as well in Dallas. And, uh, you know, Regina Jackson obviously understands, uh, you know, what it's going to take to get over the hump. And now you you add some Aussies to the the roster. We have no idea how they're going to evolve but it only makes them better, I think, for this season. Oh, definitely. I think that they had um, a really good season last year, especially considering their start and how they were able to kind of turn things around. I think uh, put the the league on notice a bit that this is a team that's building the right direction, Um, you know, and they have a lot of talent, and if they're able to – uh, integrate those Aussies and as well as uh, pick up some additional talent over the off season. Then I expect them to be, you know, right back competing this year as they were last year. And those those the uh, those uh, uniforms, Holly, uh, Charger powder blue. I mean, it just stands out. It's like very classy, but at the same time, pretty impactful. Especially if you on social media, if you see their social media branding, like I was mentioning with Coach. I've done a great job there. Shout out to their, you know, social media uh, uh, people that are doing a great job in spotlighting the players, uh, doing the nice promotion promos and things like that. Oh, definitely. Um, my high school had uh, colors like that. It was it was basically kind of not quite a powder blue, but like a baby blue, red and white, and I loved it. So we had a lot of baby blue stuff, and I just like blue. Period. <laughs> so. I, I just think it's a, a really good combination, and you're right. They're one of the um, teams that I think uh, they do a really good job with their marketing, um, and it seems, you know, pretty streamlined, and um, they're pretty creative. And, and as we know, that's extremely important to our sport. So uh, hats off to them for that. All right, Holly, let's break it down. We've got a couple minutes here before uh, 7, and we bring in, we're going to be bringing in Tam Bam, which is you know who it is, Coach Tammy uh, more, and uh, if you guys watch the Texas Elite Spartans video uh, at, on Facebook, uh, she's probably one of the most aggressive ballers on the planet and also a, a great coach and a champion last year. So check it out. A couple minutes here we're going to have uh, Tam Bam, Coach Tammy Moore of the uh, champion Texas Elite Spartans of the WNFC in a couple minutes here. So um, we're breaking it down. Let's Offensively, let's break it down, Holly, uh, on a mindset here, Burrow, uh, Stafford, uh, if he if he can get the line for me, if if the difference will be if the Bengals line can really sustain themselves, I think we have a, we have a shootout on both ends. 
Uh, same thing happens on the um, on the Rams side. So that's my point of view on in terms of the quarterbacks. Yeah. So um, for I'll start with the Rams. So for the Rams, what they really need to to do is establish the run, especially like they did against the Niners uh, a week or so ago. Uh, you know, when the Niners were winning six in a row against them, they mm-hmm. were not doing a good job of running the ball, and that played right into the Niners, you know, style of play. And so that game uh, a week ago, they were able to actually establish the run, uh, have some, you know, uh, ball and clock management, and that seemed to really work out well for them. I think they should try to do the same thing against the Bengals. Um, the Chiefs kind of abandoned the run uh, a bit too early, um, and they had, you know, Mahomes improvising, which normally works, but every once in a while doesn't, and in this case it just wasn't quite enough. If the Chiefs had stuck with the run earlier, I think it would have been a little bit different. So I think um, the Rams need to not – bite into trying to get into a shootout with the Bengals. I think if they're methodical uh, with the run game, that's going to really help. Um, they also secondarily need to find OBJ because the Bengals have a decent secondary, but, of course, everyone in their mother is going to be focused on Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup is still going to get his touches and still get his yards, uh, but you're going to see, you know, bracketing, double teams, you know, safeties over the top. You're going to have a lot of help with that probably, which is going to free up OBJ. So I have this sinking feeling that he's going to be very active, especially underneath. Um, and then on uh, the Rams' uh, defensive side, they need to find Chase and stop him because that's Burrow's safety blanket. So those are the keys for – the Rams for the Bengals, it's kind of the reverse. They need to establish that Burrow Chase connection early because that seems to be Burrow's uh, safety blanket and like fire starter because they have such a great connection, especially coming from college, that it seems like when that connection's going, Burrow is at his best. If that connection's not quite there, he kind of struggles a little bit. Um, so they want to come out and get that early. Um, and then also the Bengals are going to need to get uh, Mixon involved in the passing game or any running back they have back there because the Rams are going to bring pressure and getting the ball out faster so the running back is going to really help. Um, and then they need uh, Bengals on defense. They need to get Stafford to move. So what I've noticed about him, especially this year, under pressure, he moves up in the pocket, which is normally what you want a lot of quarterbacks to do, but he's slow at it. So the Niners, the first uh, couple games this season, did a really good job of pushing upfield, understanding he's going to go upfield, and then going back up to meet him to be able to get him. They weren't able to do it this last game. Um, But if the Bengals take a page from the Niners their first couple games and do that, then that's going to get Stafford uh, to panic and uh, throw an interception or two. So those are the keys, I think, for both teams. I do think this is going to be a close game. I'm going to um, aim a little bit with the Rams here just because I feel like they have more experience and it's kind of like it's kind of their time. If it doesn't happen now, I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, so that, that's my that's my take there. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, the, the, as Coach was saying here, uh, you know, a lot of the players on, in terms of the Rams, 
the the opportunity is just presented itself, right? It's like a short time frame for them. Right. It's like do or die for them because they, they're either at that stage where they're, they're not going to get another shot, where the Bengals are at that beginning stage, right? Even if they don't get that shot, the, the, the rebuilding stage has begun there in Cincinnati where they might uh, be able to return to another opportunity. Um, I mean, if you look at OBJ, the opportunity is, is just changed for him, right? I mean, going from Cleveland right. to L.A., uh, like you said, he doesn't have to be the main person. I, so I think he's a little bit more comfortable there now because he's not the right. number one option. So uh, maybe that's a, a key for him, right? Uh, Von Miller not necessarily as, is, the, is the main guy, right, because you've got A.D. And, and, and Ramsey as the key pieces together. So, um, so there's a lot of things that are maybe go with them where they're just playing ball instead of being pressured to be the number one guy. So that's also a benefit, I guess. Oh, definitely. And, you know, like we talked about before, like the Rams, um, you know, kind of mortgage their uh, future a little bit for now. Um, and, but you do have some key experience. Um, and, you know, like Coach was saying, like you've been saying, it, this is this is the moment, right? Like if it doesn't happen now, it doesn't mean it can't happen later, but it definitely the Rams window is very short right now because of their future draft capital and their a cap situation. So the the combination of the two, the windows now. And then you also have people that are a little bit um like aging on the back end of their careers at least, right? Where the Bengals they're playing with house money. Like, nobody knew or thought that they would be here. I didn't think they would be here. Um, and, you know, it's crazy to me that they still have struggles with their offensive line and still, like, that Burrow-Chase connection is just everything. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs connection last year. That connection makes that offense go. And uh, so – you know, if the Bengals end up losing, I think if you're Cincinnati, you're like, man, like, we have a lot going for us because uh, a lot of their key people are, like, 23, 22, 24, 25, like, it, like in that range. And so you know as long as you um, handle your, your money right, so to speak, that you're set up for a much deeper windows than the Rams currently are. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Um, I think the Bengals, have an opportunity here if they uh, – defensively, they're pretty good if they take over the game that way. Offensively, like you said, if Chase and company don't get it together, that could be a problem. No, definitely. Um, that's that's kind of the, the Bengals' like, lifeline, you know, as long as that connection – that's why I think about the Bengals, like making that connection early to establish it. You don't want – the Rams to gain confidence where they're like, oh, you know, we got this sort of thing. Uh, you know, I think that you gotta you got to make that connection early. Do you think they're going to bring pressure like they did against the Niners, uh, given Burrow's situation, and, and maybe they're going to treat him just like they did Jimmy G? A little bit, but not as much, because the problem is I do think they're going to bring pressure, for, especially probably early, just because – they're going to want to try to establish themselves, and they probably feel like they have momentum from last game. But the reason why the Rams were bringing all that pressure was twofold. They were trying to stop the Landers' wrong game, so they had a lot of people in the box. And they also knew that Jimmy is not very good under pressure. I do think Burrow is better than Jimmy under pressure, right? So it all depends on how quickly Burrow can 
make the reads, how quickly he can get the ball out. And, again, using the running backs in the passing game I think is going to be key. Awesome. So uh, there you go. Breakdown by the Hall of Famer, uh, taking the Rams, myself as well, of course. And so it's going to be a great game this Sunday, the February 13th at SoFi, the Super Bowl 56 matchup, the Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Holly, thanks for coming in, breaking it down. Thanks to Coach Veal for making it interesting. Mississippi Panthers in the house. And then we're going to be talking to uh, Coach Tammy Moore here in a couple minutes. So, uh, once again, we'll catch next week after the Super Bowl. We're going to know, Holly, uh, if, if the Rams are going to hoist the, the championship. All right. Good luck, Oscar. I'll be, uh, I'll be pulling for the Rams. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, all right. Have a great night. Safe travels and enjoy your week. All right. You too. All right, guys. Uh, Hall of Famer Holly Custis breaking it down. Super Bowl 56 right there. Uh, Rams, Bengals in Los Angeles coming up here this Sunday, the 13th. So, uh, of course, I'm going for my Rams. What else is new? So let's go into the Monkey Knife Fight Huddle, second Monkey Knife Fight Huddle, and we're going to be talking to the talented uh, Tammy Moore of the Texas Elite Spartans. Fight is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, you guys, go to Monkey Knife Fight. Uh, use the code NJF. $5 free play. You can play NFL up to the Super Bowl today, uh, this coming week, NBA nightly, NHL. Uh, you're going to be able to play WNBA at some point down the road here, plus MMA, PGA. Check it out. Free $5 on us. Use the code NJF at monkeyknifefight.com. All right, let's bring in Coach Tam Bam of the Texas Elite Spartans, and that would be Coach Tammy Moore. Coach uh, Moore, how's it going? Hey, how's it going, Oscar? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, I saw the by the Texas Elite Spartans video that I, I kind of messaged you. I don't think you realized that, but uh, shout out to, to D Green for doing a great job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got me good on that one. I was uh I thought it was a joke. So I just went ahead and was like, Yeah, me but uh needless to say, that was just after we got done doing the Elite one hundred. So I had a attitude for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, the consensus was real. <laughs> so you are <laughs> as you claim, right? And so I, I guess uh they know what you're all about. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, um, overall, just being a loving teammate, but at the same time, like, I'm kind of cut and dry when it comes to being in the trenches. Like, you either going to line it up or you're going to shut up. So, hey, you're going to bring it. You better, you better bring it if you're coming up against me straight up. <laughs> All right, Coach uh, Moore, I, I, I wanted to bring you on because uh, we had a lot of requests to bring you on. So just well, all the love. Really? Just to bring you on, yes. Oh, uh, thank you. So interesting. Uh uh, everybody, I guess, is following you, and uh, a lot of the uh, comments I got was like, uh, check out the why, and it's pretty interesting. How did you start the why? Uh, I know you started it back in this year or so, but uh, why the why? Um, so, kind of give my background. So, I can't, I was raised from a family full of educators, and so my teach like my grandmother, my mother, everybody has became like was a teacher or was it for like a long period of time in my life. So education was always a big deal. So asking why when I was not didn't understand the concept 
was war, like welcome and warm. So when it comes to football and trying to like understand and translate, one thing that I always like got from my boys is that when you, I told them to do something, they never asked why. But I could tell in their faces and their nonverbal cues that they didn't necessarily understand what, like, why did I ask them to do that? So, or why was it important to have like a good foundational stance and things of that nature? So I decided to make these quick, like, 60-second or less videos just explaining the basic fundamentals of, um, like, offensive line play and those key terms and things to look into. Because, like, when the younger kids transition into middle school and middle school and high school, you know, levels of, different levels of play, we kind of get those universal terms. Or some people use different terms, but for the most part, we kind of get lost in translation throughout the time. So kind of to reduce that time, why not put out these quick videos to just kind of give the beef explanation and then go from there? So it was honestly just a, like an idea, but then to see people actually listen, looking at it and listening to it, I was like, oh, this is impressive. So now I'm like, I can't wait to get it started again, which it is coming soon. Black History Month, we're going to have some good ones coming out. You don't want to miss it. Well, it's interesting because uh, the focus that you have is not a real focus like everybody else's because, you know, offensively everybody thinks of just the running back and the quarterbacks, you know, that kind of deal, where your focus is really on the on the wall, right, just building that wall and the, yeah. being cohesive with the wall. So it's really interesting. Uh, your L2, uh, I think it's LT2 videos, also very informative. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yes. So LT2SBA was a, um, is where the first training sessions that I started with, with that, um, and then just kind of like branched off from there. So pretty much it's just offensive line tech specific technique drills, um, just pretty much teaching like offensive line play and getting real, real technical with like what to do when you see a five tech versus a three tech, or if you're like going outside zone and the person is shaded in just a tad bit more, uh, how do you make that quick um, decision on how do you switch up how to block you. And so as we progress with offensive line play, of course, the game slows down in our brain to where we can make those quick decisions. But everything starts with the foundation. So if we get a great foundation and master the foundation, everything else comes with it. And so just like offensive line play, everything starts from the ground up, right? Got You got to go full across the board. Now, it, Coach Tammy, uh, your history is a WFA history, um, 2009, the inaugural champion St. Louis Slam, the organization you came from with the, with the, uh, the St. Louis Slam. Uh, they've always been successful, mm-hmm. even on their off years, they return and revitalize themselves. Um, what do you say about St. Louis, where you came from, uh, in terms of the Slam itself? Man, I love St. Louis. I will always love St. Louis. Even if I never play for St. Louis again, I will forever and always love St. Louis because that's what introduced me to football. Um, it was more – it's more than football in St. Louis. It's family. Uh, so, you know, leaving there, of course, I got a whole bunch of new set of sisters with Texas Elite in the WNFC, like um, definitely a different level of play here. But there is a solid foundation there in St. Louis. And I honestly believe a lot of people underrate St. Louis Slam because of what they will call consider the inconsistencies with the years is just that the resources aren't there like you would see at other cities. So therefore, we really do like when I was there, we really did get it out the mud, and they're still getting out the mud, you know. And when you come see them in 2022, 
I'm pretty sure they're going to be the same exact same Louis Slam that you've seen in 2017, 2019, 2016, and 2009 when they won all those championships. So, uh, you know, very blessed to be a part of that. But this is strictly WNFC and Texas Elite Spartans right now. Yeah. Now, Coach, <laughs> the, the, the process for you to journey from St. Louis, Texas, now you get to feel a little bit of the pressure in terms of being the top dog, just like you were in St. Louis. Uh, what do you feel about the WNFC as a whole? I mean, you're a target, but do you think it's going to make the, every other team much better in terms of just the scope of the league chasing you guys and getting your, getting themselves up to another level of fundamentals and obviously another level of consistency because that's what your team has? Heck, yeah, of course. At the end of the day, um, there's a forward progression for women's football in general. So, yeah, there's a level of competition, but I believe – each team in the WNFC understands that this is the top elite level of play. So you either pull it up or shut up. You step your game up if you didn't do right the first time. So, like, I've been seeing people going around saying, oh, yeah, we're getting the ring this season, it's been the third. That's great. Keep that going. Have that fuel in your fire. Because, like, Texas Lee has proved it multiple years before. And, hey, we love the competition. We love seeing it elevate each and every year, and it makes us elevate each and every year because we know we have something to defend and we know that we have targets on our back. This ain't nothing new, but at the same time, we're going to keep giving it to you every single time like we did the last time, hopefully even more, because that's, hey, we just practice. We work hard every day just like everybody else. Now, all I hear from you guys is self-accountability and excellence. Mm -hmm. So is that the motto, even in training camp, as we are in training camp right now, the accountability? Because, you know, Odessa always says, that was last year. You got to earn it this year. So is that the mindset for everybody on this team? That's the mindset for yeah. That's all day, every day. That's what makes us elite. That is what is being elite, is being able to play at the highest level of the version of yourself and dealing with everything else that comes in life that, like, what it does to you. Like, these are professional football players who are also moms, doctors, lawyers, you know, engineers, and they're still dedicating this to football, and they're playing at a professional level, and they're giving it their all. And the majority of my team has been giving them, giving it their all for the last 10 years just to see, like, the WNFC in itself reach to these heights. So uh, definitely, I will say that, yes, definitely. Now, Coach, you have a, a, a new set of, faces that come in every year you got the standard crowd of veterans um you know we don't want to give everybody any insights here but uh, what do you see your team in 2022 is it uh, is it going to be molded together here for the for the week one clash man if you elite you elite if you make it to the team you elite there's many are called but few are chosen okay many try but not everybody succeeds. There was a lot of people at some tryouts. A lot of people didn't make it. And it's not because, you know, whatever people, whatever not negative connotations people may have for the Texas Elite, it's just that you either put up or shut up. Like there's a certain level of respect, there's a certain level of technique that you have to have to play on this team. And if it's not there, hey, you know, try again next time. We always going to welcome you back with open arms to try again and try again and try again. And when you there, you win. So, yeah, being the lead is being the lead. I'm 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 super excited for y'all to see this rookie class. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. Now, coach, your career has taken you in different uh, aspects in terms of coaching uh, at the high school level now. So, 
Can you tell us a little bit about the journey as a coach beyond the Texas Elite Spartans? Yes. Um, so I will say that football is what led me to coaching. Um, I almost want to even – I'm going to be super transparent. It fell in my lap. Um, this was a blessing with just um, training outside of WNSC and just working with other skilled, like, linemen in the area is what got me this job here at Louisville. So I currently work at Louisville High School. This is one of the top – one of the more top 6A programs in the state of Texas. Uh, we just went into our last season, like 10 and 2, was one of the best seasons they had in like the last 25 years. Um, shout out to the O line, shout out to JYD, Coach Odo, Coach McBride, all of the guys there in Louisville. Like, we really made it happen. And so um, that was actually my first year officially coaching high school. And so now that I got my feet wet, I just can't like wait. Like, this off season has been great so far. I can't wait for them to get to, get to spring ball and definitely for next fall to come because. My line, oh, man, they're coming with me. I got some hard hitters this year, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> Coach, what do you? how do you approach that? Do you approach it differently, like a, a motherly state, or do you approach it more, like you said, on a teacher mentality in terms of your high school coaching um, uh, mindset and, and style, in other words? I take it as a regular coach. Like, honestly, you know, everybody has a different coaching style. And um, I feel like as a coach, you always have to meet your kids where they are. Every kid isn't mm-hmm. going to be on the same level of play. So, but as a coach, you're challenged to make it seem like everybody is on the same level of play and it's the highest level of play, you know, so y'all could be a kind of solid unit. A motherly approach is kind of like, what, you know what I'm saying? What does that mean? Do God coaches go at a fatherly approach? Like, I mean, in a sense, you kind of do, but at the same time, it's just more of being an adult um, in a welcoming and a safe space for a child at the moment. So to not put the gender role on it and just being a coach is what I do. No, and I meant – I didn't mean in that way. I just meant, like, you know, because a lot of times – I have to clarify it. Yeah, no, a lot of times coaches build relationships, you know what I mean, and players gravitate to certain coaches – more often for other things, not just the football. So there's a lot of times where yeah. people have confidence in them. And sometimes, you know, you, you, mm. you have players that obviously have that trust. That's what I meant in terms of, you know, one coach is trusted over other coaches for certain scenarios and things like that. Oh, for sure. Like um, building a rapport was definitely, di- like I ain't going to say different, but, I mean, it's teenagers. You know, they're, the biological development mm-hmm. of hormones going all over the place. Got the little girls mm-hmm. chasing after. Yeah, it is kind of still fresher, like, seeing a woman coach. But at the same time, like, man, I'm from the west side of St. Louis, Missouri. Like, you, if you think I'm not tough, I can show you otherwise. You know what I'm saying? So, but these kids literally hear it in my voice. Like, I'm not playing with you. You know, but at the yeah. same time, I'm going to educate you the best way I can as a coach. And it's your choice to receive it or not. But at the end of the day, you can't say I didn't tell you. And it's it's kind of like that different type of style because if you're not that that type of roughness at some point they don't take you seriously but if you are at a certain level they understand the seriousness of it so it, it's it's just it's just different styles of coaching I know I've had a, I had a coach uh, in my you know a football career where they were just basically very bold you know what I mean nothing beyond that yeah. bold it's just direct. And then I had other coaches were like, you know, kind of wishy-washy, you know, okay, you're going to be better, you're going to do that. And then, you know, I had a coach that says, you know, you're never going to be better than a third-string uh, receiver. 
And just that's the way it is unless you work hard at it. You know, that kind of mindset. No, I feel you on that. Um, and that's actually the reason why I think that social like social work and sports is so relevant. Because sometimes we don't understand so how our coaching styles can be more detrimental than they are good. Because um, mm-hmm. as coaches always, like I think the university thing is tough love, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes that tough love child may be going through at that time. So, like, maybe that kid don't need to get cussed out or, you know, yelled at at the moment. Maybe that kid does need a hug because whatever he got going on on the outside of this is too much for him to handle right now. He just needs that moment. But then as a coach, that's where you use this tool as like, look, you know, you can't control those things, but you can control how you process it as a person, as a human being. And so we're going to use this extra resource, which is football, as a way to handle those issues, those external issues, kind of like a coping skill in a sense, Um, therapeutic Mm -hmm. almost. So uh, just having that different approach and just, you know, tapping the mindset into something different always helps. But like you said, everybody has a different culture style, and nothing is necessarily right or wrong. So, yeah. Now, Coach, uh, the team that you have there now, uh, very receptive to everything that you guys are doing as a coaching staff, or are you guys are, you know, it's great to have a an, an elevation of where it wasn't there before. So it sounds like you guys are doing yeah. a great job in terms of a staff. Yes. Wait, we lose or with Texas Elite? What was that? Hello? I said we lose. Yeah. You're talking about Louisville, correct? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I'm talking about Louisville. Sure. Oh, wow. Louisville's the staff. Yeah, I'm like the newbie. So they, um, the coaching staff here, they've got like, I think it was another coach that was fresh like me, but for the most part, and got at least a year or two in. Like some of the people that got like a few years in with each other. So the gel is already there the foundation they've been building it for the last like four or five years that's why i really can't wait for you guys to see what louisville has to offer in 2022 like this this team is is special with some true gems on here what are the challenges coach tam Uh, i know you're in texas obviously there's probably challenges with anything in high school but you know in in terms of like my view for high school it's it's always ever-changing right because you go from freshman mm-hmm. to junior to varsity, and now you have to scope. It's it's kind of like a, a roster scope every year. Um, do you do you feel like that's something to adjust to uh, versus you know like a college coach that gets to scope the whole nation? Normally in high school, you're really recruiting for within the school, right? In a sense. Yes. Um, yes. 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 And honestly, I take it as a challenge and challenge accepted. Because it's challenging me as a coach to see, like, how can I unlock this child's, what I believe this child's true potential is? And then how can I get this child to believe that their fullest potential of themselves is great enough to be a part of this football team? At any time I can get in that child's mind to believe in themselves that much, I did my job as a coach. I don't care what that scoreboard says. That sounds awesome. Um, any any funny moments uh, that you can just comical stuff where you came on sh- onto the staff and everybody was saying this is our coach, you know what I mean? Because you get that you get that first look, right? And they're like, it's a female coach, right? In some instances, with some of these mm-hmm. boys, if they've never seen a female coach, you get any funny any stories that you can tell us? Oh, of course, of course, of course. Like uh, the first time I actually came 
to the school, uh, to first practice. Uh, I don't know what this boy thought I was, but they was just like, okay, why is she standing over uh, type deal. And so, you know, once I introduced myself as the assistant offensive line coach, okay, I'm not really, but you could tell, like, they were just being nice because they was raised with some manners um, type deal. And so I started actually talking technique. And then I was like, oh, okay, I think you know a little something. But then I actually tried, did a drill for them to show them. And then they were like, you literally, jaws were dropping. Because I punched the ball no. in my back so hard. They were like, I didn't see this coming. And I was like, oh, you think this something? Let's look at this uh, highlight tape real quick. And so they'll see, they're like, you know, they look at me. And then they'll look at me at the video. Then they'll look at me again. And they're just like, this isn't the same person. Because I'm actually, like, believe it or not, I'm more of an introvert. Um I don't really like talking to people as much, but you will never see it because I've been so used to having to, you know, advocate or speak for myself and just be more self-sufficient as an athlete. You know how that stuff goes, politics, yeah, yeah. Um, all of those things. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was just definitely something different. And then it was like, oh, so she's a beast. And so, and then it was one time, like two weeks later, they was just really, like, messing off in practice. And I, like, snapped. And I've never raised my voice because we have, a, like, my other online coach, he yells all the time. We balance each other out. But um, this time I, like, just legit snapped on him because I'm like, I look sorry. What the heck? You know what I'm saying? And then I was like, um, coach, yeah, can you, like, never do that again? And I was like, sure, if you don't be on that janky BS that y'all was just on at practice, we good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and then that's and that's what I believe, that's why our report comes in, because I always treat them with the same sure. time. Like, I, got, I get the lingo and jargon just like you. I'm hip just like you, and I'm a crack joke. So I crack jokes all the time. It's hard to take to the lead. I'm always cracking a joke. Um, so I get it. Like, I totally get it, you know? <laughs> That's so awesome. I mean, it's just it's funny. It's comical, right? You're dealing with, like you said, the uh, youth mentality as well. And so it's kind of like they're going through that transition in life as well. <laughs> so sometimes it's yeah. just comical to think they think their world is crashing. And you're like, you haven't, mm-hmm. you haven't seen a crash yet. <laughs> That's no, seriously. But, no. So and yeah. you know, it's another thing. I always crack jokes. I'm sorry. I always crack jokes with these kids at this school because they don't realize how blessed that they really are. Like with the resources, especially that's poured into the program, like Texas in general, we all know this is a football state. Um, and so when they add these little meltdowns, I'm like, this reminds me of like some Saved by the Bell high school musical um mess here. <laughs> and they'd be like, Coach, they'd be like, Coach, why are you trying to go in on us like that? I'm like, Because like if you don't just drop your nuts and just keep it pushing, like come on, man. Like, be cool, man. Just be cool. It it'll be all right. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I, I hate to ask about homecoming week because that's probably a nightmare in itself. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, homecoming week. I can um, yeah, homecoming week actually was not as bad as what I thought it was. I anticipated the worst. Uh, we had a couple of uh, – luckily we had more of a uh, upper line last year. So they understood of the importance of homecoming games. Now, the whole, oh, but my date want me to do this, or I got to go get my hair cut that today. We only had that a couple of times, and then it was like one good chewing out, and we was good. Uh, these boys here, like, we have a very solid foundation, and, like, where our boys, like, pride 
football over everything else type deal. It's a pretty high ranking with our boys, and they really want to just embrace the whole traditional belief of Louisville and farming pride and take it with them everywhere they go. So, yeah, we're also pretty solid boys. I love these boys with all my heart. I really do. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all awesome. I mean, just it just it sounds like you're uh, excited and uh, you're having a great time over there, and that's probably the best thing, right? Just to enjoy that the building up a team, getting it yeah. together, success. Uh, it's always nice to have that in general. And then at the same time, like you said, uh, you know, they're, they're learning, they're getting and, and maturing. And that's the, I think the key that you want to get into. It's like uh, when you get to that uh, stage where they're what 16 and then 18, and they got to send them off. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure you got some teary eyes going at some point in there when they start moving on in life, as they say. Yeah, nah, uh, it's funny because I don't cry in front of them. So anytime I show any type of emotion, they're, like, shocked. <laughs> but, yes, like, uh, when my seniors left, I was definitely a little sad. Um, but, I mean, that's life. You know, I've been working with kids for years, so you just kind of get used to it. And I'm, I'm more appreciative that I know that they're going to go and do great things. So that's, that's awesome. my heart warm. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, Coach Sam, like I said, uh, we had a lot of requests to get you on. Uh, awesome. Uh, it's been, I think, entertaining. I hope you've had a good time so far. Uh, but, you know, yes, it's a uh, 2022 season in Texas. Uh, everybody's eyeing you guys. Everybody wants that nine cup. Everybody wants to show up there in Frisco. Um, I think the Atlantic's mm-hmm. kind of shifted. Mississippi, we just talked to Coach Veal mm-hmm. here. Uh, you know, you got the, mm-hmm. the rebranding of the, uh, the yeah, Phantoms in Philly. You know, and uh, you got Atlanta shifting as well. You got Santia Dex probably going to come on board there. Florida looks like different. Mm-hmm. Alabama, of course. So uh, a lot of changes uh, in 2022, but the, the mission's still the same. It's going to be, you know, to take down the the big, mighty elite Spartans. Yes, of course. I can't wait to see Mississippi and Alabama again. Hey, they gave us some good work, so I can't wait to see them. All right. Anything else that I didn't cover or ask you uh, uh, since I got you on here at this point uh, about the upcoming season? And uh, you're going to be on Vire Network, so there's going to be film. I'm pretty sure your boys are going to watch that film, and you're probably going to be right there front and center kicking some butt. Oh, yeah, for sure. They always watch the film, so it's all good. And um, just make sure everybody tune in, you know, and regardless of which league it is, like, if you're listening – Tell a friend to tell a friend. Support women football, man. Like, it's on the rise. Any league, your local – I'm pretty sure your local city got two to three different teams out there. Support them. Provide resources. Support them to them because there's some girls out there that if you give them a chance, they'll show up and show out for sure. Yeah, for sure at that point. Um, So that's it. It's a Tam Bam. Where did that come from? Is that What was that, that whole thing? Your quote-unquote <laughs> Tammy Tam Bam Moore. Yes. So, actually, it's funny because, like, um, different places I've been called Tam Bam. So, when I was in high school playing softball, I had Tam Bam on the back of my shirt, I mean, on the back of my hoodie or whatever, because I always wanted a nickname, but I was like, I could never find a nickname that was not longer than the actual spelling of my name. (laughs) Um, That sounded cool, at least. So, um, Tam Bam was, it just flowed. And so, like, my friend Pam Pam, hey, Pam Pam. St. Louis Slam, like, she really, like, overemphasized the Tam Bam thing in St. Louis. And, I mean, hey, you just took it and stuck with it for the most part. And so, that's I guess that's how people just recognize, oh, that's Tam Bam. 
I mean, I, you know, try to be professional, but at the same time, I don't like being professional all the time. Like, I want to be able to let my hair down. As a player, I feel like I can let my hair down. As a coach, I'll be more formal with you. But as a player, I'm letting my personality show, for sure. That sounds awesome. All right, Coach Tim, I really appreciate it. Uh, continued success over in, in Louisville um, and, you know, taking care of that and uh, making that program an elite program if we want to go there, right, and getting it up to another yeah. level. Um, and then we're looking forward to you on the field uh, with the Texas Elite Spartans uh, as you guys uh, are heading to that road for another nine cup. Yes, yes, yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Can't wait to defend the throne. Yes. Have a great week. Um, enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. And uh, go Rams, yes. right, Coach Tim? Oh, oh yeah. No, no, not really. I'm sorry. Uh, what? Actually, Coach Brown. Yeah, what? I'm sorry. I want, I'm going underdog. They left St. Louis, so goodbye. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, I ain't that God. fan. <laughs> All right, so you're on, you're on Joey B's uh, bandwagon at this point. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess that was probably what you want. I mean, I really don't care. My team was the Steelers. I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan. So if he's just miraculously hearing this, hi, hi, hi. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Other you're going to get a brand-new quarterback, Coach Tam, in Pittsburgh. I don't know who they're going to be. But hopefully it's not Jimmy G from San Francisco. <laughs> hopefully it's listen, not that no, guy. No, no, no. I'm listening. My man, Mike Tomlin is smart. He's a smart man. That's all I can It's say. true. <laughs> it's true. That he's probably the most consistent coach out of all the 32 teams in terms of coaching. He's been very consistent. Exactly. And his record is very great. So, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll find somebody in the draft or he's going to get crafty and maybe free agency, things like that. So um, I think, he'll, he, like you said, he's a pretty smart guy. So he should be able to pick up a, yeah. a decent quarterback to get that Steeler machine and Steeler Nation back on track. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I don't think he's going to be Garoppolo. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. No way he's going to be Garoppolo. <laughs> but uh, everybody yeah. wants him out of Frisco, Coach. So you know how that goes. Like I guess the relationship's broken now. I'm about to say that's a cool story, bro. Tell it again over here. We good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, coach. Appreciate your time. Have a great uh, uh, training camp. Getting ready for the 2022 WNFC season with Texas Elite Spartans, and uh, we're gonna catch you on Vire Sports and Vire Network. All right. Thank you so much, Oscar. I appreciate you for having me on today. No problem. Anytime. My, it's my pleasure. So uh, looking forward to another chat. Uh, maybe when you hoist the, yes. uh, the another nine cup. It looks like that's where you yes. guys are headed. So. Yes. I will see y'all at the championship. You already know where we at. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to leave it with uh, be elite. That's what I've been told by everybody else. Be elite. And we also – oh, one more thing I am I do apologize. This year I will say – our year is we're doing this for Billy F. Hughes. Billy F. Hughes was one of the best oh, yeah. coaches. Let's, he was let's just talk about a coach, yeah. Um, what a great coach. Here. So, yeah, so I actually apologize. I should have said his name first. That should have been the first thing that came out of my mouth. We are definitely doing this year for Billy F. Hughes. He was a prominent coach in just women's football altogether, to know him and to love him. So, uh, Billy, if you're this, you know, heaven, we love you. We're doing this for you. Yeah. Yeah, what a, what a great man, what a great teacher, and uh, an outstanding coach as well. So uh, shout out to uh, his family, of course, and uh, yeah. like you said, uh, dedication to uh, 
the 2022 season, and I'm pretty sure uh, everybody on that squad is going to be, like you said, elite to just contribute to his uh, memory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, for sure. All right, Coach Sammy, thank you very much. Uh, safe travels. Enjoy uh, more success in high school and looking forward to, like I said, on Vire Sports. Thank you so much. Have a great night, Arthur. Thank you. Have a great night. All right, guys, that was uh, Coach Tammy Moore of the champion uh, WNFC Texas Elite Spartans. So, and we're going to go to the last huddle here, and uh, obviously we got to dial it up, so monkey knife right one more time. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, everybody in the house Lois Cook, TikTok influencer, DC Diva superstar, WFA, and uh, she's at Super Bowl 56 part of the team milk concept there in terms of ambassadorship. Uh, so Lois, how's it going? Hey, Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing great I'm doing over great. here in LA in this sunny, sunny, I sunny saw California. Post where you said, you said the, uh, you arrived and there's a uh, earthquake shakes when you landed in Los Angeles. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. I did that. <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> things up after. <laughs> cool. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a perfect line. <laughs> When you arrive in <laughs> Los Angeles, my, I, I will I will tell you when you posted that I had, I went on my phone I'm like where's the quake because she's saying earthquake is there an actual <laughs> well yeah well so okay a friend of mine texted me and said hey are you in California yet because did you just experience your first earthquake and I'm like oh it was just me <laughs> but no so I didn't experience it um, but that means it really was me. <laughs> if everybody else it was you it was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, and you know that there's seismic quakes all all the way around. So there's it's the earth yeah. is shaking no matter what. But yeah, no, that was pretty cool. I love that. <laughs> um, I also loved your uh, your story uh, teaser <laughs> about you're gonna go and wear your uniform. That was pretty cool too. Uh, you know me. I listen. I will wear my uniform anywhere that I go. I I carry my helmet everywhere that I go. And I will. Somebody somewhere is going to see me walking down the streets of LA with my uniform on, talking the good word about women's football. <laughs> so, uh, young lady, what is Team Milk? Uh, the unveil with you and Adrian plus uh, uh, Overstreet and all the flag players yeah. as well. So, tell us a little bit about how that came about yeah. and who we are on billboards in Los Angeles. Oh my goodness. Okay, so. Scott Milk reached out, and I am just so thrilled about this. Um, so first of all, I drink milk throughout, you know, like that's that's part of my normal diet. And so when they reached out, I'm like, uh, yeah, I love milk. And so um, – but what's so important about it and what's really, like, special to me is that they are taking um, this platform, this space to honor and highlight our sport. And that just means everything to me. And so when I found out about the whole billboard situation and that, you know, like we were going to be around the Super Bowl, the biggest stage in football, um, it really wasn't that I was going to be on there. And I'm, of course, so grateful that I get to be, um, you know, up there on this billboard. But to me, it just says everything that, that the game is changing. And I'm so grateful to Team Milk for just taking the time and um, and the opportunity to recognize us 
um, you know, on the billboard, if anyone has not seen it, it says, there are giants among us. And that just, it, it makes me cry every time because, you know, as women who play football, we, we sometimes feel so small in this, this world of, of, you know, of the NFL playing. Um, and, you know, it, just to have that statement, it just, it, to me, it says someone sees us, they recognize us, and they respect us enough to put us on this huge billboard for the whole world to see. Yeah, I think it was really nice, and it was kind of a shocker in a way, I guess, if you're following the sport like we are. It was kind of a shocker to have, uh, you know, a promotion come out, and the expectation was maybe another NFL group, right? But when you guys came mm-hmm. out, two flag superstars, yourself mm-hmm. plus Adrian of the WFA, yeah. uh, I think that was really awesome and really cool. Oh. And I think everybody got excited because this is this, this wasn't just a one-time post, right? This is like – a, a campaign type environment, totally yeah. different than anything else. Absolutely, and and uh, like you were mentioning, like this. So if you just for the for Got Milk, the team the team milk athletes consist of um, initially consisted of four Olympians and four NFL players, and so now you've got four female football players on the same level as the Olympians and the NFL players. And that just, yep. that means the world, you know, it's just, I just, I can't, I mean, words cannot express how much that means to me. And if you look at a marketing level, that's my point. Cause you, you do marketing as, as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. You look at a marketing level right there. Like you said, there's three levels of marketing there, right? Cause you got the NFL, oh, yeah. you got the Olympics, and then now you got women's tackle and women's flag, which is a growing sport yep. in itself. Cause you saw the uh, 17 and under, uh, you know, event that happened uh, on uh, this past weekend in terms of the NFL mm-hmm. Pro Bowl. There was just a lot of excitement mm-hmm. behind that as well. So um, it's it's a buzz, and I think you guys are, are going to contribute to that as well uh, as the four of you uh, as ambassadors. Yeah, and I mean, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna remove myself from the equation just for a second, but I mean, come on, <laughs> they got some really elite and amazing and talented athletes uh, to represent women's football, and I. I I sure hope I represent well, but I'm just so grateful to be a- among three, Adrian and Joanne and Jonah. Um, that's my squad right there. <laughs> now, all I'm going to tell you is uh, if you if women's tackle world, right, who better than to spotlight two players from the biggest rivalry in the WFA? It's just the oh, ball it down to it. Eva Renegade. Really? Did you, did you right. see Adrian? Adrian coming out, her photo. And I was like, everybody's looking at it. And I look at that, and I said, oh, man, she looks so badass, right? With the with the uh, with the renegade stars, right? On that red yeah. and black. Uh, not that you did yeah. it, but you know what I mean. It's like Adrian, that look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just like, okay, uh, serious, right here, we're good. But yeah, no, it's, oh, it's yeah. nice to have the two the two organizations, in other words, represented. You know, yourself with the divas, yourself with the the Boston Renegades. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm. I, you know, at the end of the day, um, I think, you know, of course, on the field, we're going we're gonna to see, we're going to, you know, go head to head. But, uh, but at the end of the day, we are definitely in this sport together and, you know, here to grow the sport. And I, I totally respect her as an athlete and, um, and love her to death. Uh, she's amazing. But when we see each other on the field, it might be a little, it might be a little different story. <laughs> 
Of course. That's going to be a serious matter, right? That's not a promotional matter. <laughs> It'll be a serious matter. So let's talk about let's talk about the Rose Bowl with uh, Dr. Jen. Uh, I know we were uh, promoting it out there. Tony Harris is going to be there. You're going to be there. Adrian Smith. Um, it's a, a day in the life over at the Rose Bowl uh, Stadium. And uh, it's football is to yeah. reserve those for tomorrow's event. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, what a great opportunity. So Jen, Jen Welter, you know, another champion in women's football and just out here doing so much to to expose the game, grow the game, and, and, and bring more women into it, um, is hosting this really amazing opportunity for women to come out. And, you know, every year, every, you know, for Super Bowl, everybody's looking at how the guys do it and, and the NFL players, you know, how they come out and do their – uh, you know, pregame and train and, and then come into the big stage. Well, now the women have the opportunity to come out and see what that's actually like. Because this is for women to come out, get an experience of what a day in the life of an NFL player is. They'll come out and have their, their, their pregame, their training camp, their, you know, the work, and, and just kind of go through the day. And I think it's an amazing opportunity just to, to give the flip side, um, uh, you know, half of 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 – NFL fans are women, right? So why not give them the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to taste what that's like? All right, uh, Lois, I, I, I have to bring in the salty one because she's a big fan. So let's just bring her in now <laughs> to the conversation. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> hey, Lois, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? You know, I'm 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 even better now. I was excited. <laughs> When Oscar told me that we were going to have you guys on the pod tonight, I was like, oh, I get to pick her brain again. I love it. Oh. So I just, I, I really only have three questions, and it really boils okay. down to what was it like first seeing yourself on the billboard? Oh, oh, my gosh. Overwhelming. I mean, I so many emotions. I boo-hoo cried, first of all. Like, I was looking up oh. at the, the bill. Like, it's huge. Like, I don't, okay, so the pictures don't do it justice. They just don't. But I, I walk up, and I think my first reaction, I was pretty stunned. I was kind of, like, sitting there like, oh, my gosh, it's really real. Um, but then it's, like, just the thought of it of, like, we work so hard um, to be seen and just to be kind of, I don't know, recognized and appreciated for the athletes that we are, and we haven't had this before. And so just to see that we're up here, and I look at the billboard and and, and one thing is that I know I see my face on there, but it's not me. It's our story. It's all of our story. And so I was just overwhelmed with emotion, um, you know, every direction it could go in. And I, I just, I cried. Um, I smiled. I laughed. I was just kind of just taking it in. I'm still taking it in. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what, what happens the next time I walk past. I, I was, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to sleep on that corner for the whole week, <laughs> but um, I'm just grateful and really just full of emotion with that. Man, that, uh, when I first saw that come across my Instagram, I was like, oh, my God, it's the Got Milk poster. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy, I'm like, that brings back so many, like, childhood memories. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, and then, like, and I, I had the same feeling you did as far as, like, you know, you're, like, your person may be up there on the billboard, but anybody, yeah. any female athlete or any female football player, that's, like, just like you said, that's all of our stories. So yeah, I was just like, yeah. holy cow. I, mean, like, and I can't imagine thing, what, and, that's like looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I just, just to really quickly throw in there, one thing that, that really, to me, when I, look at, when I look at it, I see 
it's, it's the women who played long before I did who may have wanted this opportunity and never could have gotten it. It's the, you know, the, 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 the women that play alongside me today who are fighting for something like this, who are really putting in the investment, the sacrifices, the blood, the sweat, the tears to play this game at the highest level. And then, of course, those young girls who are going to see that billboard. And, I, I, you know, what also made me cry is that, you know, when I was a little girl, I think I needed to see that. I needed to see that billboard. I needed to see someone up there, a woman who's out there doing it so that I know, so that I could have known that I should still strive for it. I should still work, work towards that goal because it can happen. Well, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. You know, that, that, that poster and that billboard is for all, all the female players, female athletes that, you know, didn't get the opportunity to, to mm-hmm. be seen like we're being seen now. And it's just, it's a very heartwarming and very overwhelming, like good overwhelming feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my second question is how many times did you have to do that pose for it to be perfect? The pose in the in the um, <laughs> in the billboard. Is that yes. right? Um, I think once. <laughs> um, did, well, I did a few different ones, so I I feel like okay, I'll tell you this. Okay, what was interesting about that pose was that I needed to scream during the pose, and what's so funny is that I I was screaming like ah, like you know like kind of deep voice and everything. I don't scream like that normally, so <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a high-pitched, like, wail. So um, so that was the only uncomfortable part. But I don't think I did it too many times. I think I, I maybe once or twice. <laughs> okay, that's fair. You know, because I, I, I always see, like, bloopers and stuff, like, of, uh, <laughs> you know, like, photo reels and, like, movie scenes and stuff where they, like, have to do mm-hmm. it, like, over and over again. So I was just kind of wondering, I was like, I wonder if she had to do it a bunch of times, yeah. too. <laughs> Um, and really just my, my final question was, you know, how were you able to, you know, kind of keep it a secret before it came out? You know, uh, they said, like, you know, because you're all about the advertising. You're all about, you know, getting the word out there. Uh, so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how are you able to keep it quiet oh. for so long and then just oh. boom. <laughs> oh, I know I bet that was hard, too. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. It was horrible. Like, I was, it was torture. I was sitting here like, oh, something's coming, but I can't tell you what. And it was just insane. Um, but, I like, I don't even – I'm just so glad that it's finally here and out. <laughs> um, you know, I think I was uh, probably getting on someone's nerves asking, well, when are we going to – when is it going to go live? When is it going live? Um, but, yeah, that was really, really hard, especially because – I'm very proud of this, um, just for all of us in this sport. I'm so proud that we're here. Again, like I said earlier, it's the fact that they sought out female football players to highlight um, just means everything. It's like you you're, you want to share this. This is an ama- amazing joy that you want to share. It's an accomplishment. It's a milestone for our sport. And you want to share it with your teammates, your your best friends who are running right alongside you, and you just can't. <laughs> so it's really, really, it was really, really hard. But um, I'm so glad it's it's <laughs> that the word is out now, and I don't have to hold it in any longer. I can't imagine how hard that must have been. <laughs> just, mm. There's a huge mm. project, and you're like, I'm in this project. You know, I just I want to tell people, but I can't. Like, I cannot yeah. imagine how hard that was. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you did because it's a big, it's a big thing. It's yeah. Uh, it's just man, I like, I still to be honest, 
I screenshotted it and, and, and made it my my the background on my phone. Like a lot. So wait till you see the others. I, I, I wait till you see the others. I can't wait to, to when all of the team milk athletes come together and we get to kind of share in this moment too. But um, I'm excited to see. I haven't seen all of the billboards. There's four around the stadium, so I haven't seen all of them. Um, but I'm I'm on a hunt to <laughs> to go find them. That's oh, that's crazy. I oh man, I can't wait until to see the the the, the old you guys. Like, I'm excited <laughs> as you are, and I'm not even in, I'm not even a part of it. <laughs> oh man. Well, you should be. You should be because that's what it's all about. Like I I. I think I said this before, but like it's, I, I hope that every single player out here, every single woman who is female player across the board, no matter where you play or who you play with, I hope that everyone sees this as their own success because it really is. It takes all of us to get to this point. And just because, you know, you might have the four of us being seen, being shown up here, um, it, it was everyone's contribution to this sport that, that got us to this point. So, um, I hope that you do get to bask in this and take it as your own success because it really, really is. That's a, oh, like hearing those words come out of, you know, come out of an, another, you know, another player's mouth like that. Like it, it's just very like, it, it's a real thing. Like this is happening and, and, and people are finally starting to get on board with the fact that women yeah. are athletes too. Women play football. Women play mm. football at a high level. Um, and mm. especially yeah. the things that you, you know, you've been doing, your followers, you're, you're following, you're networking. Like you're one of the most networked athletes. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, just so you know, uh, I did look it up. You are one of the most networked and like, um, like hashtag and talked about female athletes uh. of, I think it was like the past two or three, four years. Um, so oh that's gotta be just amazing. Like that just has to be amazing, uh, like amazing well, feeling just knowing that, and and you get enjoyment out of it. It's a different. It's not like a well, job get, where you're I, like, I'm gonna make a post no, and then keep refreshing love. it. No, oh, yeah, I mean, I, this is my passion. I mean, I have completely um, taken my removed myself from any other. If it doesn't align with women's football, if it doesn't align with football, I'm not in it. You know, I have aligned myself with this sport because I'm so passionate about growing this game we need it we've we're overdue and you know and it, it when I, again like when i saw the billboard for the first time it was it was a feeling of like i i i feel like i have been working toward like i've been working so hard to to expose us and to get our get the word out there that we play too and we're so good at it you know it's not just that we just show up and play this game we actually invest ourselves and and train and work hard to be the best elite athletes that we can be. And we're out here doing it, and people don't always see that. And so, you know, it, it kind of hurts sometimes when you put yourself into this um, this role and this something that you're proud of. You're proud of being a football player, but other people don't see it the way you do. And so I feel like, you know, just seeing this and where we are is a milestone for all of us that, you know, it's just – it's overwhelming. It's like, it feels good because it's like I'm, I'm trying. I'm working, I'm working so hard to, to – to make a change and to just get us a little bit further along. And I think that, you know, this is a great, a, a great way to open the door for us. And I think that we're going to see clear. I think we're going to really see that, that our growth is going to start to accelerate. I really could not agree with you more. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but you just yeah. right off the notes. 
And with that, I don't want to have any more questions. I thank you for coming on the podcast and, sh- and again, sharing your experience and just, you know, putting, putting it all full circle one more time, you know, just letting the world know that women's football is a thing and women play football at a high level and we love it and yep. we're good at it. And, and we're, we're good at it. Exactly. Yep. So uh, I'm going to pass it back to Oscar. Lois, you thank are amazing. You. Oh my God. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Lois, uh, thanks for making the time today. Appreciate it. Thanks to Rich for uh, yeah. contacting us together and putting it together. And uh, what a, what a moment for you. Uh, what a moment for Adrian. At the same time, like you mm-hmm. said, what a moment for the WFA in general and everybody that plays tackle football. So we are really, yeah. really appreciative of all your efforts and giving it your all, uh, yourself and Adrian, great ambassadors. Uh, so we're, we're really proud of all you guys uh, and what you've done so far and what we're, it's what's to come, as you, as you just mentioned here. So kind of excited to, on the next road as we're paving the road yeah. so far. But uh, great job uh, for doing that. I hope you have a great stay in L.A., and at the event tomorrow at the Rose Bowl Stadium, uh, football is for fee, uh, uh, football is for female.com. Get your tickets. You get to see uh, Lois there as well as Adrian, as well as Tony Harris, Dr. Jen Welter. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep. uh, so travels. I hope you're uh, having a great time so far, and I, I hope yeah. that you're going to have a great travel back home. But uh, thanks, thanks for everything, and thanks for coming on on a short notice. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh! Anytime. I I love 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 the podca- the podcast, and I have to say thank you to you, all of you that are, um, you know, you put so much effort and investment into our sport as well. So I really appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do. Um, and it's always a pleasure to be here with you. So it, I'll, I'll be back anytime you'll have me. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, I really appreciate it. I always welcome on our podcast, of course. Uh, and uh, don't forget, you guys, check her out, uh, Cleats and Stilettos. Uh, you're, and she's on our IG as well, so the link is right there. Check her out on TikTok as well. And then, obviously, footballisfemale.com. Get your tickets. Go be there tomorrow and see her live and meet her live, uh, along with Adrian and uh, Tony Harris and Dr. Jen Weller. So, Lois, hope you have a great time in L.A. Safe travels. Get some rest. Thank uh, you. It could be a whirlwind tomorrow and <laughs> at the Rose Bowl. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be posting lots of pictures. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Have a great night. Appreciate it. Okay, you too. Thanks. All right. Uh, Mackenzie and uh, Nate here. Uh, you know, thanks to Rich Daniel for making it happen, getting her here on a, a last notice. Uh, she was obviously, you know, she's got all this itinerary. But uh, thank you for her to make the time for us. Absolutely fantastic. Oh. Yeah, holy cow. Like she every time she comes on the podcast, she gives me more and more life and I love it. I love it. All right, Nate, uh from Lois Cook, uh, you got something to tell us about X League coming up here and uh we got about 5 minutes, so let's as they say, the, the, let's get it rocking. <laughs> it's it's been a packed show. I mean, great job on on navigating everything. Um yeah, you know, I mean, I, I might have a score here and there, but I mean, to anybody that knows, the last three years I've been sort of the the, the go-to for the LFL, and most recently was supposed to be for the X League. But they've kind of they they, they they kind of burned me. Uh, I'm I'm a little PO'd. Uh, you know, spent the last five years trying to get on board with them and be involved in 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 some way, namely as a referee. And, it just has been 
they've kind of been yanking my chain left and right. And this time around, it felt like I, I had it in the bag. And then the last minute, they pulled it out from underneath me. So, you know, I may watch a game or two, see how it goes. But I just, they've, they've lost my support. They really have. <laughs> and, Nate, you know what? We don't know what to expect technically, right? Will it be the exactly. same more positive style stuff or is it going to be totally different, right? So as I, as I you know, messaged you before, I'm a wait-and-see guy. You know, you can tell me you're going to open up in Germany, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Hey, you know, right. show me first. I mean, you don't want to be another Lupe Rose. So, you know, Mitchell, show us, you know, just show us. Show us what we're going to do yeah. before we even get show excited us. about it. So. And, I mean, you know, obviously the, the videos they put up, the talent is there. I've seen a lot of caliber talent, but it's like, you know, you haven't given me any real solid reason to support. And furthermore, you've burned me in the sense of wanting to be a part and be associated with your league and be actively involved. And you just kind of toss me around like a rag doll. So give me something that will draw me back in, Mitch. If you're listening to this, which I'm pretty sure you don't, but do me something to suck me back in. Well, it isn't going to be FCF. Like you're already sucked into FCF, but uh, hopefully it is. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Um, so Those you guys, guys actually, uh, they, Mackenzie, Nate, what a big show. Uh, started off with uh, the Hall of Famer, obviously coming in here, and then we have Coach Cameron Veal from the Mississippi Panthers. What an amazing squad and team he's got, plus bringing in the Aussies overseas for this mm-hmm. next season. Uh, we you know, had a great little conversation with Coach Tambam, which is an awesome coach, and you know how awesome she is. Uh, Mackenzie, um, so she's really kick-ass, and she's looking forward to another uh-huh. nine cup, another cup, and then finishing up with the uh, the ambassadors of, of women's tackle football right now, uh, Lois Cook, making her uh, making some time for us, and I really appreciate her on a short notice like that, uh, especially with her heavy itinerary in Los Angeles. So, what a, a cram two hours! Uh, just cannot be more proud of everybody's uh, efforts and uh, for all our guests to make time for us. You know, we must Absolutely. be doing something right on the podcast, y'all, because I swear we just keep getting better and better week by week. I'd love to see it. Really. Oh, yeah, we're getting better, better and better week by week. So thanks to you, thanks to Nate, thanks to Holly, thanks to Mark. Uh, as a group, we're uh, also making some headway. So hopefully, you know, everybody's cramming up and subscribing. But uh, if you guys want to check it out, the rest of the episodes, uh, up to 400 or more on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify, just go subscribe. As uh, Mark would say, and don't forget to go to the hub, Bob. The hub. Oh, yeah. Facebook.com. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're not at the hub, I can't help you. All right, Mackenzie, uh, any last words? We got 60 seconds. Uh, I think we're out. Super Bowl predictions, my Rams. If you guys want to put them out now. Bengals. You know, yeah, I don't know. Joe Mixon is a dude. Joe Burrow is a dude. I, I, Sorry, you're I'm going with the Bengals? I'm not going to lie. we got 30 seconds. No, Bengals? I'll let you know Saturday. Saturday. All right. That'll, that'll work. Okay. <laughs> so for Nate Ward, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, for the absent, uh, Holly Custis and Mark Simone, Oscar Lopez here. Have a great Super Bowl weekend, guys. Uh, Sunday, go Rams. Have a great night. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. 
Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.